I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, open with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, continuing our study in Acts chapter 2. Verses 42 through 47, who knew you could get, what, now five messages out of one little text like this? But hey, we've done it. So Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. If you don't have a Bible of your own, then you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there. And in the Pew Bible, it's page 857, page 857 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then uh, we invite you to take that Pew Bible uh, home with you. Uh, as a gift from us, that's our gift to you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. Take it, read it. It will certainly bless your, your life. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. You know, someone once said that living a life without prayer is like building a house without nails. What's true for the Christian life certainly is true for the church as a whole. Trying to build a church without prayer is like trying to build a church without nails. Eventually, it's all going to fall apart. We need to build the church with prayer. We need to build the church with prayer. We want to grow a healthy, growing church here at First Bastrop. So we are considering here the devotions of a healthy, growing church. Here in Acts chapter 2, we see in the early church, they were a healthy church. And they were a growing church. God was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved. We read from our text today, uh, in one day, such a large number of people added to the church. They were a growing church. God was blessing their ministry. Uh, But we also see that they were devoted to certain things, certain disciplines in their lives in these early days. And we're going back to that. A A healthy, growing church we've already seen is devoted to studying God's Word. They're devoted to the Christian fellowship, to worship. And now this week we come to our fourth devotion. Uh, The fourth devotion is a growing church is devoted to prayer. A growing church is devoted to prayer. Prayer is essential to the health and vitality of the church. Let me say that again. Prayer is essential to the health and vitality of the church. So today I want to show you three kinds of prayers to which we must be devoted if we want to be a healthy, growing church. So three kinds of prayer that we must be devoted, to which we must all be be devoted if we want to be a healthy, growing church. So Uh, If you found your place there, I know we've read it all these times, but we're going to read it again. If you found your place there in Acts chapter 2, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. I hear the word of the Lord. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions 
and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And today, Lord, we pray that you would write its eternal truth upon our hearts. Lord, today, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Let us see the, the importance of prayer, uh, not just individually, but corporately as a church. Lord, let us see the importance of prayer. Let us be a praying people. And through our prayers, let us be empowered to do your will in our town, in our parish, and throughout whatever ministry you lead us to, Lord. Let us be faithful. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we consider our text this morning, the first thing that we see here, we see that a healthy, growing church is devoted to corporate prayer. A healthy, growing church is devoted to corporate prayer. We see this coming out of the text here. Now, we're going to go to other places to, to see these other things, these other uh, kinds of prayer, but here we see this coming out of our text. Notice what he says there in that first verse there. And they, the early church, devoted themselves to the prayers. The prayers. Notice the definite article there. Now, we've talked about that definite definite article as we've been working through this this text several times but uh, the definite article it seems to indicate that he's not just talking about prayer in general right the church wasn't just devoted to prayer in general but they were devoted to the prayers a specific prayer now in early Christianity well in Judea Judaism uh, there seems to be a case where they were uh, the people would gather together for, at certain times of the day for formal corporate prayer. Often they would gather together in the temple, there, especially there in Jerusalem, they would gather together for formal times of, of corporate prayer, praying together as a community, as a body. Uh, Mary Beth and I, our family, was on vacation several years back, and we were in Amish country, and we were there uh, kind of, uh, visiting things, looking at things, and we were in line waiting for a carriage ride. We were going to take a, a carriage ride through the Amish country and learn about the Amish. And we were there with a group of Orthodox Jews. Uh, it was a big group of them, and they were waiting to take their carriage ride as well. Well, I noticed at a specific time, I don't remember the hour, but at a specific time, the men of the group got up, and they walked out to the parking lot, and they all turned towards Jerusalem because King Solomon, when he blessed the temple back in 1 Kings chapter 8, when he blessed the temple there, he said, when your people turn to this land, right, when they're living far off and they turn to this land and they turn to this temple and pray, Lord, hear their prayers. And, and so they turned towards Jerusalem, towards the temple complex where it used to be, and, and they prayed together as a community as a body and, and see these early christians this early christian church they 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 realized that that jewish tradition was a part of their heritage 
And they seem to be carrying that on in those early days. And so we see later in the, temp, the text that they gather together daily in the temple. And a lot of that was to go during those times of prayer and pray together. They also pray together in their homes. The idea here is that they pray together, right? They got together for corporate times of prayer. Now, as Christians, we don't turn to the temple. We turn to Jesus because Jesus is the center of our worship. We talked about that last week. We, we are, are Christ-centered, so we pray through Jesus, not through the temple. But we see here from this text that, that we, we should be interested in corporate prayer. Corporate prayer should be a, an essential part of our lives as a church. Corporate prayer is important. Corporate prayer is hugely important. Right? When, when God's people get together to pray, amazing things begin to happen. I love this. Derek Thomas says, In a time when prayer meetings have become something for a select few, the importance of collective gatherings, uh, collective gathered prayer times cannot be overemphasized. Hardly anything is more important as a, a sign of the church's vitality than its commitment to prayer. Church, we must be committed to corporate prayer. We must be committed to corporate prayer, coming together as a body, praying in unison unto the Lord for His will in our church and through our church. We must be devoted to corporate prayer time. Now, we have a few things going on right now, right? We have time that on a Tuesday morning, there's a, a ladies' group that meets here at the church for prayer. And then on Thursday morning, we have the men's group that meets for prayer. Maybe you can't go to one of those. If you can, you should join them. They would be glad to have you there. So join them for those times of prayer. But as I've been thinking about that this week and as I've just been meditating on this passage and on this this idea of devotion to corporate prayer I'm convinced that we're going to have to re uh, resurrect the Wednesday night prayer meeting we're going to have to reinvent the Wednesday night prayer meeting right now we've got the Bible study going and Wednesday night we're going to finish up our revelation study but once that's done I've been trying to think what are we going to do next what are we going to do next and and the Lord's not been giving it to me hasn't given it to me yet but this week he's given it to me we got to get back to praying together as a body we got to join together in corporate prayer and what a better time to do it than on the Wednesday night prayer meeting we're going to reinvent it. We're going to do some things that are a little different. I don't want to encourage everyone to come. The, the prayer meeting, the Wednesday night prayer meeting, as Derek Thomas said, has been to, for the select few, right? And few usually come to the Wednesday night prayer meeting. But we need the body of Christ to come together to pray. Man, I would love it if we'd have to come out of that room up there and come out here and pray together because there's so many people in the church interested in corporate prayer we need to come together as God's people and pray if we want to see change in our community if we want to see change in our church if we want to see a vitality a new vitality in our church we got to come together as a body and pray to the Lord so come Let's gather together in corporate prayer. 
Let's unify in our prayer to the Lord that he might bless this church, bless the ministry of this church, and that we might see the gospel go out to our community. Our, our community needs it, right? Bastrop needs our prayer. Bastrop needs the gospel. So let's come together in corporate prayer. We're going to see why that's important here in a minute. But we need to be committed to corporate prayer. And I want to encourage you. I, I know that's, that's challenging when you, you mention, mention a corporate prayer meeting. And, and some people, I know I used to be that person, like you don't want to pray in front of people. And, and so uh, I'm just not wanting to pray in front of people. So I, I'll just skip the prayer meeting and I'm going to pray in private. If, if that's you, come. Right? Nobody's going to make you pray. You don't have to pray out loud. You can gather together in the body, and you can pray silently, but you're there in unison with the rest of the church, praying along with the rest of the church, and maybe you're listening to someone else pray out loud, and you're affirming the prayers as they're praying that. You're praying quietly in your heart. Right? God doesn't care if you pray out loud or not, but being there in the body makes a difference. Praying together with your brothers and sisters in Christ, even if you're praying silently while others are praying out loud, that makes a difference. God just wants us to come together as a body and pray. So let's come together. Let us be devoted to corporate prayer. A healthy, growing church is dedicated to corporate prayer. Let us be dedicated and devoted to corporate prayer. Second, a healthy, growing church is devoted to personal prayer. A healthy, growing church is devoted to personal prayer. Now, we don't see this in the text, but we obviously see it throughout the, the rest of the New Testament especially. Jesus certainly demonstrated the importance of personal prayer. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we just read that earlier in our, our church readings on, from the New Testament. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, And rising early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, that is Jesus, departed and went out to a, a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus, right, the Son of God, who himself is God, he found it important during his life and ministry on this earth to, to make a point, to, to separate from everybody else and dedicate some time to personal prayer. He passed that on to the disciples as well. The apostles, as they began their ministry, we see them going out and, and spending time in personal prayer. Acts chapter 10, verse 9, Peter, as he comes to the house of Simon the Tanner, it says there that Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour, that's about noon, and he went there to pray. Peter separated himself out and spent time in personal prayer, and that's where he got the vision that uh, led to the, the conversion of Cornelius, the first major gentile conversion in in scripture and so peter found it important in his ministry to spend time in personal prayer oh we need time in personal prayer we need to spend time in personal prayer we need that corporate time to coming together as a body but we also need to go out and spend those times in private personal prayer as well so how do we do that sometimes that's difficult People find that difficult sometimes, but how do you do that? Well, you need to schedule time for personal prayer. 
I want to encourage you to schedule time for personal prayer. That's important for me, I know. If I don't put it on a schedule, if I don't put it on my calendar, I'm probably not going to get it done, right? If I got that calendar, I could say, oh yeah, this time to this time, I've got for Bible study and prayer. And so schedule that time. Make a point to make that schedule and schedule specific times to pray. Schedule specific times to just sit down by yourself and pray. Uh, Like Jesus, Jesus did it early in the morning before daylight. That's when I like to do mine. I like to get up early in the morning. I like to spend a little time in God's Word and then spend a little time in prayer. And so I kind of put those two together. I listen to God. I hear Him, and He kind of prepares my heart, and then I speak back to God and and pray. You might do it before and after Bible study. Whatever suits you is fine, but the point is to, to spend some time receiving God's Word because we're devoted to studying God's Word. So you, you spend time studying God's Word and then you talk back to God in prayer. Whether that's morning, whether that's noon, or whether that's late at night, whatever works best for you, the important thing is that you do it. So schedule time for personal prayer. Set that time. Uh, second, you can also do this, or add this in there, in addition to that, uh, keep a prayer journal. Keep a prayer journal. Now, I'm not talking about writing out your prayers. That's not what I'm talking about. That would, that would get old and probably uh, burdensome. And don't write out your prayers. What, what I mean by keeping a prayer journal is, is keep a kind of a list of, of who and things that you're praying for. I need that because I have a lot of people coming to me a lot of times saying, hey, would you pray for me about this? Would you pray for me about that? And and so I've got to put it down on paper. If I don't put it down on paper, uh, it's probably not going to be done. Mary Beth understands that. I think she's starting to catch on here because if she just tells me, hey, could you do such and such? Uh, I I might even say, yes, I will do that. But if I don't write it down or if she doesn't leave me a note with that on that, I might forget and, and so I have to write things down. And so for me, I, I keep a list of, of people and things that I'm praying for. And, and this is really helpful, especially when we have someone who is sick. Maybe they're going to have a surgery on, on Thursday, and it's at such and such a time. And so you just write that stuff down and say, all right, I'm praying for this, for this reason and that reason, and writing that stuff down and keeping that handy so that you can remember those prayer requests. Remember the things that you are praying for. And then it is a great thing and a good practice as God answers those prayers, right? As you receive the answers to those prayers, hey, it it is a great habit to write the answer down. On such and such date, God did this. Praise the Lord, right? Thank God that he answered this prayer in this way. And the wonderful thing about that is that you can go back later, right when you're feeling really down, and you're feeling like, where are you, Lord? Right, David had some of those times where he just felt like God wasn't hearing him. We've all had those times where we feel like God's just not hearing us. Our prayers are going uh, unanswered. It just seems like an emptiness there. Where are you, Lord? Well, we can go back in that prayer journal and say, well, on this date, he answered a prayer. Praise him. On this date, he answered this prayer in such and such a way. Praise him, right? And and keeping that helps us to keep us going in our prayer life, even in times when it seems like it's kind of dead. 
So keep a prayer journal. Also, you might want to schedule your prayers. You might want to schedule your prayers. Uh, this is something that I actually learned in seminary as I was growing as a Christian, as I was even becoming, you know, studying to become a pastor and all of that, as I was growing as a Christian, as my prayer life was growing and expanding, I found it quite difficult at times because I had this long list, right, of people to pray for, my family and friends and people in ministry and this thing and that thing. And, and I was just having to, it was like I was having to spend hours in prayer to, to get it all in there. And, and then I had a professor in seminary who told me this novel idea. Hey, why don't you schedule your prayers? right schedule your prayers and so and, and this is what he did like on monday he prayed for a certain list of people on tuesday he prayed for another list of people and i thought wow well yeah why not do that and so me, for me personally here here's my schedule i can tell you my schedule my schedule is on monday i pray for my family so mary beth gabby mama daddy um, brothers sisters nieces and nephews they all get prayed for on monday on Tuesday, that's typically been the time that I pray for my missionary friends and friends in ministry and, and things that are going on in their lives. So I pray for them on Tuesday. On Wednesday, the focus is on the church. So I've got my, my prayer list here that you, you got this morning in your bulletin, right? I got the prayer list. And so on Wednesday, I pray out the prayer list. I pray for my staff. I pray for the people on the prayer list. I pray for things that are going on in the church, ministries that are happening in the church, and, and different things that I know about in the church. On Tuesday, there's other friends, right? They're not ministry friends, but they're other friends that I want to pray for, things that are going on in their life. Wednesday and Saturday are kind of like a free pray day. I can just pray for anything and everything on Friday and Saturday. Uh, but I have that schedule because you can imagine as a pastor, if I try to pray for everybody on every day, man, I'm going to be there three hours, right? And so I have to have that schedule of people I pray for on specific days. Now, if, if I have a, a person in the congregation, you're having a, a surgery on Monday, for example, well, I'm going to throw your name in there on Monday, right? I'm going to pray for you on Monday because you got a, a surgery on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. But, but you, you see the gist of it, right? There, there's that scheduled time of prayer. That way you're, you're, you're spanning it out and you're not having to spend three hours a day going through your prayer request list so schedule your prayer and that will help you in your private time of prayer or your personal time of prayer so you need to have a scheduled time of personal prayer but also i want to encourage you to walk in a spirit of prayer walk in a spirit of prayer paul says in first thessalonians chapter 5 verse or chapter 5 verse 17 Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean that you walk around all day, well, Lord, yes, I'm going through this and that. And, right? It's not that kind of prayer without ceasing. But it, he means walk in a spirit of prayer. Walk in a spirit of prayer. Like, God doesn't care if you're at home and doing your quiet time or, or if you're driving to work. or He doesn't care where you are. You can pray to the Lord anytime. You can pray the Lord anytime. Yes, you need that specific time that's focused prayer, but you can pray anytime. 
you know, there's often times that I'm just walking around or I'm studying and somebody crosses my mind. Somebody crosses my mind. Oh, oh yeah, Lord, that, uh, he, he's going through this. And, and so, Lord, just let me stop for a minute and just pray for him for a second. And I, I stop and I pray. When God brings someone or something across my mind, I'll just pray right there in that moment. Or if somebody asks me, hey, could you pray for this? Sometimes I'll just say, hey, well, let, yeah, let's pray right now and pray in that moment. Oftentimes, some of my best prayer meetings with the Lord has been driving down the road. I just turn off the radio and I just talk to the Lord. And that's prayer without ceasing. It's walking in a spirit of prayer. God's always present. So you can talk to him at any time of the day or night. Pray without ceasing. Walk in a spirit of of prayer oh be devoted be devoted to personal prayer time be devoted to personal prayer we need everybody to be devoted to personal prayer a healthy growing church is devoted to corporate prayer and to personal private prayer third a healthy growing church is devoted to dependent prayer a healthy, growing church is devoted to dependent prayer. John MacArthur says, Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. You know, prayer recognizes our impotence and God's omnipotence. Prayer recognizes our absolute dependence upon God. It, it recognizes our absolute dependence upon God. I mean, that's the whole point of prayer, right? I even thought about that prayer. Uh, dependent prayer is almost redundant because prayer recognizes that there's some things that we can't do. Prayer recognizes that there's things that are, are beyond our control and, and way out of our hands. Now, we as Christians, we understand that that's far more than a lot of people realize we can do nothing without the lord he gives us the breath that we breathe so we are completely dependent upon the lord and so we pray to the lord because we are powerless but he is all powerful so prayer taps into the omnipotence of god so let's, let me show you three areas in which prayer taps into God's omnipotence, his power. First of all, and we see this coming out of our text again, prayer empowers evangelism. Prayer empowers evangelism. Next week we'll be talking about evangelism, but let's just look at this a second today. Prayer empowers evangelism. In the last little verse there, Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the last part of that, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What was that? And the Lord added to their number. The Lord added to their number. Peter and John didn't add to that number. They went out and preached, but they didn't add to the number day by day those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see, evangelism is empowered by the Lord. He does the work. He changes hearts. 
We speak the words in obedience, but God makes those words go out and, and have an effect. It's the Lord who must change hearts and transform minds. Paul encouraged the uh, Colossian church to pray for his evangelistic ministry. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, he says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So he, he's asking them, hey, pr you guys, pray. Pray for my ministry. Pray for my evangelistic ministry. I want you to pray that God would open a door. I want you to pray that God would open hearts and minds to receive the gospel message. And then I want you to pray for me that I might speak the gospel clearly to those whom God have, has opened up to hear it. So pray for them, pray for the lost, and pray for me. Pray for the evangelistic ministry because Paul understood that it was out of his control. He needed the power of the Lord if he was going to be effective in the gospel ministry. You know, every great awakening that has ever taken place from the day of Pentecost, back there in Acts chapter 2, all the way to present day, every great awakening, every great movement of the Spirit has been preceded by God's people falling on their face before the Lord in prayer. Jonathan Edwards, who was a, a great catalyst in the first great awakening here in America, wrote a letter to his fellow pastors encouraging them to pray. In it he said this, Be much in prayer and fasting both in secret, private prayer, and with one another. It seems to me it would become the circumstances of the day, in other words, it would be the thing that we need to do today, if ministers in a neighborhood would often meet together and spend days in fasting and fervent prayer among themselves. So it is God's will that the prayer of his saints shall be great and the principal means of carrying on the designs of Christ's kingdom in the world. When God has something to accomplish for his church, it is with his will that, that there should precede it the extraordinary prayer of his people. And many of those ministers and many of those churches began to pray fervently for the movement of God in, that, in the nation in Jonathan Edwards' day, and God showed up and did an amazing work. Thousands of people come to know Christ through that great awakening. And it began when God's people humbled themselves in prayer. Prayer empowers evangelism. Second, prayer empowers sanctification. Not just evangelism, but sanctification. How we grow in the Lord. Prayer empowers our growth and holiness. Paul informs, again, the Colossian church 
uh, of his prayer for them. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, he says there, We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and, and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that you might understand God's word, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light i'm praying that god would grow you i'm praying that god would would give you knowledge of his word and wisdom of his word that you would grow in righteousness that you would bear fruits to his glory Prayer empowers sanctification. James chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Oh, if you, you feel a little, a little uh, immature in your faith, if you want to grow in your faith, you want to grow in your walk with the Lord? Do you, you feel like there's just a little too much sin in your life? Amen. Pray to God. Pray. And God will increase your holiness. He will make you more and more like Jesus. Pray for God's sanctification. You know, this is something I've never shared with anybody, but the Lord just leads me to share it. You know, one of my greatest prayers for my family, for Mary Beth and Gabby, has always been, Lord, grow them in their relationship with you. Grow them in their relationship with you. Let them grow in their knowledge of who you are. Let them grow in their love for you. And over the years, over the years of praying that prayer, over and over again week after week i praise god that he has allowed me to see their growth that is one of my greatest answered prayers is to watch god grow my family and their love and their devotion to christ prayer empowers sanctification Prayer empowers sanctification. It empowers evangelism. It empowers sanctification. And third, it empowers brotherly love. It empowers brotherly love. It empowers our love for one another, right? That's one of our, our three things. We love God, love one another, love our world through the gospel. We love one another. How do you love one another? You pray for one another. That's one of the key ways. We, we love one another. We pray for one another. Oh, I love this. In James chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, some of you are familiar with this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has 
committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you, might be healed, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Oh, we need to pray for one another because prayer empowers our love for one another. We need to recognize our absolute dependence upon God. No scheme of man can ever grow the church. Only God can do that. Only God can grow First Bastrop. Only God can make First Bastrop healthy and, and vital. Let us recognize that. And let us fall on our faces before the Lord and ask Him to bless the ministry of, of His church and add even to our number day by day those who are being saved through the gospel of Jesus Christ. A growing, healthy church is devoted to prayer, to corporate, private, and absolute dependent prayer. So today, here in a minute, I'm going to ask you to show our dependence upon prayer. Here in a minute, when Larry comes up and the musicians begin to play that song of invitation, if you are able, physically able, I'm going to ask you to come forward. Come gather together. Let's, let's today, let us gather together as a corporate body and pray unto the Lord that he would make First Bastrop healthy, vital, vibrant, that we might go out from this place and, and spread the good news of Jesus Christ and see hundreds and even thousands of lives transformed by the power of the gospel. Let's come together and pray and corporate prayer even today. Let us pray for the vitality of Christ's church. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, all the prayers in the world will do no good until you turn to pray faith in Jesus Christ. Today, your prayer needs to be a prayer of faith, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of trusting in Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never trusted in Jesus, I want you to know that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And this is how he shows his love for you. This is how he shows that he wants a relationship with you. That he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, into this world to live and die for you. To live and die for you. He paid the penalty of your sin in your place so that you might receive forgiveness in his name. And three days later, because Jesus had paid every sin that he died for. All the penalty has been paid. Three days later, God raised him again from the dead, assuring you of eternal life 
eternal hope in him. And the invitation goes out to you today. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he died for your sins and, Christ, and God raised him again from the dead, if you believe that, if you trust in him, you will be saved. And today you can pray, Lord, forgive me of my sin. And I want to receive that gift in Jesus. Today, pray to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And he will hear that prayer. Will you pray it today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the wonderful gift of prayer. We thank you for the ability through Jesus to come to you and bow before you and pray knowing that you will hear our prayers and you will answer them according to your will. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful gift of prayer. Now, Lord, let us be devoted to prayer. Let us be devoted to prayer as a corporate body. Let us be devoted to prayer individually in our own personal private prayer time. And Lord, let us be absolutely dependent upon you in all of our prayers. Because Lord, we only hold our being because you allow us to. Oh Lord, let us be devoted to prayer. And Lord, today, certainly there are those who have never trusted in you. Lord, I pray today that you would pierce their hearts. Let them see Jesus. And let them, for the very first time, pray the prayer of faith, trusting in Christ and receiving your grace in their lives and being saved. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.